I don't know, you guys remember the last time you were really, really thirsty? <laughs> like, last night I was super thirsty. And it's so crazy knowing that we were doing this because I can just walk in, right, grab my big gulp cup, fill it up with ice, and crank my faucet and drink as much. And I drank a lot last night. It's just there. Whenever you're thirsty, I can get it. One of the times I was most thirsty in my life was uh, when I was doing youth ministry. And I took eight kids on a backpacking trip for a week in the upper peninsula of Michigan. And uh, the Blue Diamond Trail. Anybody ever done the Blue Diamond Trail? Yes, that would be me. <laughs> so it's so cool because it, there's no trail to follow. There literally are just blue diamonds that, get, that are uh, nailed onto these trees. And so the person who led our trip, she actually told me before we started, she goes, okay, Dave, this is how this is going to work. You can't do anything. She goes, before every day, I'll take two of your kids, I'll train them how to use a compass, and it's up to them to actually lead us every day. So you would walk for quite a while, and then you just have to find a blue diamond, and then you knew you were in the right place, and then you'd walk for a while, and then you'd have to find another one. So no trails. I mean, we were going through brush, and it was, it was hot, and it was tough, and it was really hard. And I tell you, by the end of the day, right, you got these little water bottles. They're gone. And then you get to your campground, and we didn't use water purifiers. We actually had to boil our water. Do you guys remember those days? Where you actually had to boil your water, so you're sitting there waiting because you're dying for thirst. And then the water's hot, so you put it in the thing, and then you put it in the stream, hoping that it gets cold. And before it's cold at all, you're like, I can't, I just got to have some water. And you drink it. So we would drink warm, smoky water for a week. It was, it was tough. And then finally, the goal of the trip was to break through the forest and get to Lake Superior. And I want to tell you what a glory, and that was the hardest day. It was so thick with forest. And all of a sudden, we break through, and there's Lake Superior. And that lake is so clean, you literally, literally can drink right from the lake. Man, I tell you, that was like, oh, it was just glorious. And we literally just dunked our heads right in the lake and just drank from it. That's when you're thirsty. We have a funny uh, saying, probably the, the biggest running joke in my home. She sees she's already laughing. The biggest running joke in our home is Susie thinks that drinking water will heal everything. <laughs> Apparently somebody else, Mike Norris, feels the same way. How many of you think drinking water heals everything? Okay, you guys are crazy. <laughs> now, I will agree. I studied water a little while ago. It actually is very healing. But when I'm with my son this week and he gets a couple wasp bites, and I know if Susie was there, she's like, well, here, just get some water. You know, she, no matter what, it's, it's water. It heals everything. Well, actually, it's interesting. It's kind of what we're going to talk about today. Healing. What will it take to bring healing into our planet? Definition of healing. To cause to become sound, healthy, or right again. What's it going to take for there to be healing? Now, I, I, all of you aware of Charlottesville yesterday? How many of you were aware of Charlottesville yesterday? Almost all, if, you, if, if those of you who weren't, you can get online. Unbelievable what took place yesterday in our country. And I'm just, let me just say this from right up front. To even hear the word 
white supremacist <laughs> is such the absolute antithesis of Jesus Christ. Do you guys understand that? Okay, you don't. Can I hear an amen on this? White supremacist is like the absolute opposite of the nature of our God. You know, like we're going to talk from Revelation today, the end times. You guys know in the end times, right? God is like people are going to be there from every land and every tribe and every people. God is the creator of everyone on this planet. And when you see Jesus, all he does, in fact, the, the scriptures tell us he actually died on the cross to unify everyone, not to separate, not to say that one is better than the other. In fact, the very nature of Jesus is never to be the supremacist. His is always to come down underneath and serve. And so how are we going to be agents of healing that needs to take place in our country? Now, here's what's, I mean, this is crazy. This message I had planned that I felt like God laid on my heart way earlier this year, because our whole series today has given us a chance just to share with you something that God had laid on my heart. This happened way earlier. We plan it for today, and it could not be more apropos in light of what happened just yesterday. But some of you are like, well, that's Virginia, you know. That, that's not me. So let me just bring this home. What's it going to take for you to be a healing agent in your marriage? Are you, are you binding things up? Are you making things right? Are you making that sound? What, what's going to make you the healing agent at your workplace where there's division or wherever there's conflict? That's what we want to talk about today. So here it is. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pray, but here's what I want to remind you of. We believe with all of our heart here. And so if you're checking out Christianity or whatever, um, we really do believe God is a living God who speaks to us. He speaks to us. We did a whole series on it earlier this year if you want to listen to how do we believe and why do we believe that God speaks to us. And here's what I believe with all my heart. He is so ready this morning. He wants every one of you in this room to be an agent of healing. That's what God does. And he wants you to be that. But so I believe he's going to speak to you today. We're praying that he would speak to you today. But here's what we know. When God speaks, man, he needs hearts to be receptive. So let me just pray. Can I just pray for all of us that, that we'd have receptive hearts today, okay, so that we can hear his voice. God, would you come into this place right now in the name of Jesus? And God, no matter, you know everyone here. You know all of our hearts. You know those of us who came today, and we just go, they just... We don't believe this stuff and we're questioning and we just know you love the questioner. And God, we know those of you, those of your kids who are in this place and, but, but right now it's just like my heart's just kind of distanced from God. It's not really soft to him right now and we have others in here who are so rabid and they just love you so much. And, but here's what I'm asking God, no matter what the state of our heart is, would you speak and would you reveal to us what we need to hear? And I ask for that grace in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so the passage I want to share with you today is from the book of Revelation. And Revelation, right, last book in the Bible, if you've never read it. By the way, if you're going to start reading the Bible for the first time, do not read Revelation, okay? If you want to get freaked out and think this is the weirdest thing in the world, 
Then go ahead and read Revelation. Revelation is a ripping open of the veil between the seen and the unseen world. And that's why, even when we did our whole series on heaven, right? We just realized that even Jesus, he said, I've come from another place. He goes, I'm coming to testify to you the truth. He goes, if, I, if you can't understand the stuff I'm telling you when I speak in your own understanding of earthly things, he goes, how would you ever understand if I tried to share you with you heavenly things? So Revelation is this ripping open, and John is given a chance to see beyond what we can see into the eternal reality. And even that's beyond us, right? Because we're so stuck in time. But Revelation is this book that's just masterful because it's not linear in its time or its thought. It's a revelation of the understanding between the good of God that exists right now and the evil which seeks to reign in his place. Organized humanity that's against God and there's this cosmic battle going on. And so the spiritual forces that are very real And the very human disdain for God that is very real. And then there's God's ways. So you go through this whole book and then we get to, I'm going to go to Revelation chapter 22. And in Revelation 22, it's finally like, okay, and someday the culmination of history of all of time is going to happen. It's going to be done. Jesus Christ will actually come back and there will be a restoration, a new heaven and a new earth. And here at the end of Revelation, we finally get to see what's it going to look like. What's heaven look like? Now there's a lot, but let me just show you these three verses. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear crystal flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. And down the middle of the great street of the city. And on each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. And the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. Now let me just say again. Whenever I read Revelation, I always have all these books surrounding me. I need, I, I need scholars to help me really understand. And I try to get different viewpoints, too, because there's so many different viewpoints on Revelation. But here's one thing that's true. It really is a symbolic literature. There's something beautiful and spiritual that we on earth, though, need symbolic understanding. And so let's talk about it. Right now, in the heavens and in heaven forever, there's a throne <laughs> of God and the Lamb, which means that heaven is actually where God rules. That's what heaven, so you guys all know that? How many of you want to go to heaven? Okay, well, if you want to go to heaven, then that means I want to be where God's stuff gets done because that's what heaven is. It's where his ways are actually done in fullness, and so the result when God's ways are done is life, fullness of life. So that's the image, right? So from the throne... Whenever God reigns, there is a river of what? Life. And it goes right into the city where everybody is, right down in the middle of the city. And on either side is the tree of life. It produces fruit 12 months out of the year, constantly always bringing the fruit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, 
the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, the faithfulness, the self-control, like all those beautiful qualities of life, the fruit of the Spirit. And then when that's happening, when that type of water is actually going into the people, what happens? There's healing. The leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nation. There's no curse. And what's the curse? The curse on this planet is people separated from God. That's it. The curse is we're separated from God and this life and this goodness and this gentleness that brings life. And we're separated. And when we get separated, we get Charlottesville. And that's what happens. And so but there's no more curse in heaven because in heaven, God and man are finally joined in one in spirit. And what happens? His servants serve him. People actually do what God wants them to do. Now, can I just tell you, seriously, we did a series on heaven just a little bit ago. If you weren't here, and if you want to know more about heaven, I, I super encourage you to go back onto our podcast or on our website, and you can watch all of that. But when I read this passage earlier this year, and I'm sitting in my backyard, and I'm meditating on this, here's what hit me. That's heaven. It's life. It's everything that's good. It's where God reigns. And then I could hear Jesus say, hey, Dave, David, pray. Pray. What do you want me to pray? Pray that our Father in heaven, hallowed be his name. Pray that his kingdom would come and that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. <laughs> Do you guys know what that means? How many of you prayed that like your whole life? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And you went through this rote thing. No, what Jesus was saying was, what is eternally true can happen now. Can I get an amen? amen? It can happen now. Heaven on earth now. But three things will take place, you guys. So this whole picture is real right now. God is on the throne right now. Jesus rose from the dead and he's seated at the right hand of God on the throne. When? Right now. And if you're a Christian, this is why I love the, I'm so excited if you're here and you, and you don't believe this stuff. I can't wait to tell you one, one reason why I believe this. Because he says, as soon as you receive Christ, then we too get joined with him in spirit right now. So how can we bring heaven to earth so that Charlottesville's don't have to happen? Or when they do, we can bring healing. How can you bring healing into the fractured relationships in your life right now? So here's the number one. Here's what's got to happen. God has to be king. <laughs> the kingdom, the kingdom, right, doesn't come unless God's king. The angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb. This life that is goodness comes from God, when he's on the throne, that's where it comes from. And that's why I think in verse three, it says, so the throne of God and of the lamb will be in the city and his servants will actually serve him. 
See, because that's what it is. A king, God, is just looking for people who will just do, what anybody do what I ask you to do? If you actually just do what I ask you to do, then my kingdom comes. And then my will, which is good and pleasing and perfect, actually comes. Now, how does this work today? In Luke chapter 17, somebody came to Jesus. And they asked, he was asked by the Pharisees, when is this kingdom of God? When's it going to come? And Jesus said, the coming of the kingdom of God is not something that can be observed. Normal people say, here it is. Or there it is. Because the kingdom is in you. The mystery hidden, the spiritual realm that John got a chance to see what he saw was that the kingdom of heaven is a spiritual realm. The truth is, I heard a guy speak on this just this last week. I've never heard anybody say this. I couldn't actually agree with him more. We probably shouldn't interpret this kingdom of God it actually should be interpreted kingship of God. That's actually, here's the definition of the word. It's primarily an abstract noun denoting sovereignty, royal power, and dominion. That's what it means. It means rule, dominion, and sovereign power. That's what it means. So it's actually not a place. The kingdom of God is not a place. It is a, it is a realm but it's a spiritual realm. That in the spiritual realm, and you are a spiritual person, there is a place where God actually reigns, where he rules. So let me just ask you, what's inside you? Because that's what Jesus said, right? He goes, you, you can't say, oh, it's over there. Oh, it's over here. No, 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 why? And Jesus says, because it's in you. Here's the question, what's in you, in every one of you in this room, there's a heart. Y'all got a heart? And I'm not talking the physical beating one. What we're talking about is the deep, and this is so, listen to this in, uh, definition. Everybody says, every definition says this. The heart really is like the soul. It's the mind. It's the full capacity of who you actually are as a human. It is the fountain, and this is what everybody says, and the seat of the thoughts and passions, desires, appetites, affections, purposes, endeavors. In your heart of hearts, it's you. And it's your will. It's the place where you are making decisions all day long. And here's the truth. And in you, every one of you, there's a throne. Your heart literally has a throne, a ruling factor which determines what you do. Who's on your throne in your heart? Who actually rules the decisions that you make? Who calls the shots in your life? Can we all be honest? Who mainly is on the throne in your heart? Oh, come on. Oh, yeah, that's pretty bad. 
You are, right? I mean, let's just, come on, we're human. We like to call the shots. We reign. And then God's kind of like, some of us have actually invited him into our life. It's like, hey, Jesus, this is kind of good, because if I need you, I can't figure this out. It's nice to know you're here. You know, God is my co-pilot, right? That's what we like to say. I'm driving, but he's right there in case I get lost. And then I'll ask my co-pilot to help me out. The question today, if you and I are actually going to be an agent of healing into this world, and I'm just telling you right now, you will be if God, if Jesus Christ is your king if he actually rules the decisions in your heart. Even as I said that, I can think, some of you are going, you know, I like the church thing and love. I don't really want Jesus, like, ruling me. Here's the point. He can't do anything else. Because he is the king of kings. So the challenge if we're ever going to be a group of people who can bring healing into the brokenness of this world, you got to have the healer on the throne of your heart. And here's what's crazy. So Jesus says this. He goes, in John chapter 3, he goes, you guys, listen, let me just tell you something. Because he said, I came to testify to what's true. He goes, you can't see the kingdom of God, this, this kingship of God. You can't even see it unless you're born again. And then he says, you can't enter the kingdom of God. In other words, you won't actually enter into this realm where God is the ruler of your heart unless you're born of the Spirit. You guys, to be honest with you, part of me goes, oh, this is actually really good news. For some of you, it might be really good news because you might be going, "How how come I can't follow God? How come I don't even want to follow God? And Jesus is like, well, because you're human. And every human heart doesn't want to follow God. <laughs> and so the only way that you can actually enter into the kingdom of God, into this place where God actually gets on the throne, you will always be on your throne unless you're born again, which means unless you get a new spirit put inside of you, the spirit of Jesus Christ. That's why he says you got to receive Christ because then he gets inside you. And when he comes inside, he's like, sweet I am the king. Jesus Christ, the Lord. And then he gets inside. This was the freaked me out when I became a Christian. He, I let him into my life, and he changed my heart. And now I actually want to follow God. He's my king. But let me challenge all of you in here real quick who say, well, I did that. And you would call yourself a Christian. Who really is sitting on the throne of your life? Because I know, and you know what it is. I know very well, unfortunately, what it is to be a Christian and Jesus is in my life. But he totally is. I don't want, I really don't want him here. I really don't. You know, so, so in what areas where, where do we struggle? You know, so the biggest area, according to Jesus, is with our finances. He just says, the biggest struggle you will have as a human being with letting me actually call the shots is with your money. Don't raise your hands. How many of you call your shots with your money? Almost all of you do. 
instead of actually letting Jesus get inside and sit there and go, cool, now that I'm the king of your life, I actually get to call the shots with your money. See, and, and that's why Jesus said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will also be. Because he just knows. So, so some of you right here today, it's just like, you know what? I, I want to be, right? I want to be an agent of healing to this world. But yet with the resources I get, I make those choices of what I want to do. So there, there's an area right there where it's like, is he actually on the throne? Is he the king of your finances? So the biggest one I want to hit today, though, is your relationships. Is he the king of your relationships, right? Like love, like it's Jesus is love. And he's not, I just did, I mean, it was wedding mania this weekend, right? So great to be in weddings. But every time I'm in weddings, I just want to help everybody understand. Now, you guys get this, right? Because if you enter into a marriage, you're like, I, do you guys ever hear vows in the marriage? I love you if, right? I love you if you don't gain any weight. I love you if you keep being, you know, I love you if, no. <laughs> and yet, but most of us kind of go into I love you ifs. And then they don't follow through on the ifs and, no, but God says, no ifs, man. My love sitting on the throne loves just because. It's forgiveness. It's you consider others more than yourself. It's service. You guys, when Jesus is the king of your heart in your relationships, that's what you do. You put other people above yourself. You serve them. You, and here's one, it's toughest for me. I'll be totally honest with you. You live in truth. The kingdom of God, you guys, is a kingdom of truth, okay? And most of us, we live in relationships where we don't want to know the truth, man. Things get hard, and we're like, we just put it under the rug, and there's no truth. And if there's no truth in your relationships with each other, then the kingdom of God isn't there. And when there's not truth, man, stuff gets funky, and relationships start to sever. Man, I tell you, you, you do not oh, here it is. <laughs> I, I had a typo there. You, here's the love. When Jesus gets in your heart, the kingdom of God, in relationships, you always move in. You always move in and not away. That's how you do it. You follow. The kingdom of God is when you follow his promptings and he's like the wind. So he said, Christian, is God using your life as a healing agent? Is that what you are? The only way I know to do that is if Jesus, if the Holy Spirit is like the wind, then I've said this so many times here. He says, the Bible says, be filled with the Spirit. But you know what? It doesn't mean to fill up a jar. It means to fill up your sail. And the only way that I know to fill up the sail so that God can move in me in his kingdom, because I get fearful and I'm selfish and I want my own time and I don't want to enter conflict. I just want to be human. Can't we all just get along, Right? But when if I go, Jesus, I'll do whatever you want me to do. You are my king. My sail goes up and the wind of the spirit fills me and he moves me. And you know what happens when God moves in you? His stuff gets done. And he brings healing into your relationships. Every time you say yes to God. Every time you say yes to God, his kingship expands inside you. Some of you Christians right now, you're like, oh, my, my heart just feels like this. He feels like 
that. I bet you any money, there's probably just a place in your life that the king's been saying, would you do this for me? And you've been saying no. So the kingdom isn't there. Or there's stuff he's been asking you to stop doing. And you won't stop. You guys, is he your king? If he's your king, then look what happens. Here's the second thing. Then the spirit gives life. If you do whatever God wants you to do, what happens? Look at this. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God, from a place, the throne inside your heart where God is going, man, look at this dude. He does whatever I ask him to do. Do you guys know that Old Testament verse where the eyes of the Lord are roaming the earth? Even this morning in this auditorium, the eyes of the Lord are roaming the earth looking for those whose hearts, interesting, are completely his. Whose hearts are bent down towards God like Sally, didn't she do an amazing job last week? Whose hearts are in reverence to God. He's looking for that. Why? Because from that throne, the river of the water of life is clear as crystal flows from the throne of the Lamb. Down the middle of the great street of the city and on each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding fruit every season. You're like, okay, what's that mean? Jesus, let Jesus describe it to you. In John 7, he says, on the last and greatest day of the festival, Jesus stood and he said in a loud voice, let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Anybody thirsty? Anybody looking for life? Anybody tired of the brokenness around? Anybody need healing in your heart? Jesus says, then drink from me. Receive me. And then look what he says. Whoever believes in me. Now again, that is not like, oh, I believe that Jesus is the son of God. No, it means I trust. It's the word for faith. I abs- right? Faith without action is dead. Like it's not cognitive assent to something. It's like, no, I absolutely trust you. He goes, Jesus says, if you trust me, if you put your faith in me, if you are a person who will do whatever I say, then look at this. As the scripture have said, this is so good. Rivers of living water will flow from within you. What? (laughs) By this, he meant the spirit on whom those who believed in him were later to receive. See, this is why Jesus said, you guys, this, there is a spiritual realm here. And if you receive me, if you come to me when you're thirsty and receive me, then streams of living water are going to flow from within you. And what I'm talking about is the Holy Spirit of God gets inside you and he changes your heart and he sets you free from yourself. So you don't live like this and woe is me and I need more and, and, and I fight when I don't get it and you bug me. No, you are set free from yourself. That's the kingdom of God. And then you're free from yourself. Now this river of life can flow from you. So every time you say yes to God, from his throne flows this life. His kingdom comes and his will is done through you. And his will is good and pleasing and perfect. And here's what I found. Can I just tell you guys who don't believe this? This is why I believe this. Is every time I say yes to God, you know what happens to my heart? I come alive. I'm finally free from myself. Anybody else want to be free from yourself? Anybody else self drive you nuts? It's so demeaning. 
And not only are you free, you become a conduit of the very life of God to the people around you. God does want to heal. He does. But he does it through people whose streams of living water. Look at Revelation 22, 3. The leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. God, through people filled with his spirit, his kingdom flowing from them, he will cause to flow through you and you will make things healthy and you will make, he will, through you, make things right again. You know what was crazy to me? I'd never seen this. This word for healing, the actual word simply means service rendered one to another. <laughs> I just thought, how beautiful is this? It's simply service rendered from one person to another. And then it became to mean medically because it meant care and attention. I'm having care and attention towards you. And here's what Jesus does if you surrender to him. He starts giving you his eyes so you can see the people around you and you will give care and attention to them. And when that happens, it heals. Healing is service rendered one to another. And again, I'm like, oh my gosh. When Sally told me her message last week, I'm like, how in 30 years did I not make that connection? It was genius. Then in the New Testament, when you have reverence for God, what do you do? You bow to God. What happens? You bow to each other. That's what happens. When the kingdom of God gets inside of you, God sets you free from yourself, and you actually serve one another, and it heals. So, man, can I just tell you, how does this work? Let's go, how about with your finances? See, here's what's interesting, actually, real quick. The, the word healing in the Greek because is therapia, right? Guess where we got therapy right from, right? It's therapia. What is that? It's treatment intended to relieve or heal a disorder. When you get therapy, you get treatment to heal something that's in disorder. So in our finances, what happens when God gets on the throne? The disorder of greed in our heart gets healed. Oh, can you guys, you know, don't you love Dave Ramsey's financial what? Financial peace. Because <laughs> when it's not about you, that's the disorder. And the king comes in and he sets you free from living for yourself. And that disorder is, is healed. And the disorder of poverty and injustice in the world gets healed because we aren't hoarding our money for ourselves, but we're pouring it out and we're letting God change the world. How about in our relationships? The disorder of selfish ambition and self-protection. <laughs> See, God wants to heal you from that. And then the disorder. And so when you're not about yourself, then guess what? Now you're a stream of living water to everyone around you. So the disorder of broken hearts in this room, people who feel unloved, uncared for, insignificant, and insecure. See, that disorder, which is in so many of our hearts, how does that get healed? It's when another human being isn't about themselves and they see you and they encourage you and they love you and they pour into you. Oh my goodness, the destructive behaviors that happen because we feel so insignificant and unloved and the kingdom of God comes and it heals that. 
You know what's interesting? Sometimes therapy soothes, right? Like aloe or Vaseline or a massage. Sometimes it's very soothing. Sometimes the kingdom of God, his therapy is kindness and gentleness and patience. And then sometimes therapy hurts. My dad just had knee replacement surgery. <laughs> and every time I call him, I go, how's your therapy going? It hurts, right? But they're doing their job. The therapist is going in and working it so that he'll be able to walk again. And sometimes therapy in the kingdom of God hurts. I think truth tellers hurt. Somebody told me truth this week and it hurt, but it was true. <laughs> And so now I have a chance to get healed from stuff inside of me that's not good. That's what the kingdom of God does. The kingdom of God lives in truth. Man, you guys, the fracture of our relationships, truth and grace, perseverance and endurance. I'm telling you, fight for it and it will bring healing. You know, at K2, what are we saying, man? We want to invite every one of you in this room to join the adventure of following God. Following God is simply, he's the king. And I'm gonna do whatever he wants me to do. Now you do need a new heart to follow him. You'll never be able to follow him with your own heart. You gotta be born of his spirit to be able to do it. But also, all you Christians in here, we are here to equip you to actually follow him. And I just wanna challenge this, man. Is there any place in your heart? And I'll start thinking about this. We asked for God to speak to you while this word was coming to you. Is there any place in your heart, now do some investigation, where Jesus is not king? Has he spoken to you this morning? Has the king actually said, hey, you know that thing I've been asking you to do? And you won't do it. No healing's coming from your life through that. There's no supernatural power. There's no grace. You have no idea what would happen in your heart. Streams of living water would flow in here first if you just simply do what I'm asking you to do. And then as soon as you, oh my God, I can't, I, I, I can't, I, I, how many times in my life have I battled God and battled God and battled God and then finally put up my hands and go, okay, I'll do it. And then right after I do it, his spirit fills me and he uses me to be a healing agent almost immediately. Is there any place in your heart where he's not king? If there is, then it is a place in your life where healing is not happening. Not for you or for those around you. Is there anything this morning that you keep doing, you're doing it and doing it and doing it, and he's been saying, stop doing that. Trust me, trust me, just confess it to me. Just confess that to me and repent and turn and go in the other direction, and you haven't been able to do it. If there's any place, I'm telling you, there's no life, there's no stream of living water flowing from you. And come on, Christian, you know this, man. You know that your life has been just dying. It's desperate. It's dry. It's like a swamp. And you just, but you believe in Jesus and he wants to set you free. I believe he wants to set you free today. If you'll say, your kingdom come right here and your will be done. You know what I love, man? Because Jesus is, again, he is seated on the throne. Is he seated on your throne?
He overcame, here's what's cool. He overcame the disorder of this world and he brought healing. And what's so cool is now he lives in us. He wants to live in us so that we can overcome the world, overcome the Charlottesvilles, overcome the fractions, overcome the ways of this world. We can overcome those things because Jesus Christ overcame them and he's in us if you let him be the king of your heart. So as the band comes, okay, and we begin our worship, this, this next 15 minutes, you guys, is so that you have a chance. Lots of times for me, worship, I love how what Sally's been saying, is that worship is me getting aligned right with God. And I, I, I often say, this is when I, in worship, this is when I say, you are and I'm not. And this may be the time for you to be able to say, do you want to be a healing agent? Do you want streams of living water flowing in here, setting you free, and then out into this world? I can tell you this, God wants to heal in you, and he wants to heal through you. And so, are streams of living water doing that? That's what we're going to do. So we're going to take our offering. What a per- I mean, seriously, we're going to take our offering right now. This is the time. Who's the king, <laughs> right? Now, again, if you're visiting or if you don't believe, then don't worry about this moment. Seriously. We are so not here to manipulate, to try to get money. That is not what we're about at all. But I do know this, that if God's inside of me, the best thing for my heart is to freely give. Because that's what God is like. And when he's a king of my heart, he makes me like that. So our connections seem to come. We're going to take our offering while we do. And then let's sing, man. Let's stand together right now. Come on, let's stand together. And let's sing. And let's sing to the one who's on the throne right now in heaven. He's on the throne and he's ready to let streams of living water flow through you if you'll make him that king. All right? Let's sing together.